kooky, kooky show today. Uh, we, we got an interesting show today. We're going to start the show off with some science, okay? Somebody's done some really clever, inventive experimentation that could lead to a lot of groundbreaking um, science. I can't wait to tell you about that. You will be astounded and amazed how stupid, I mean, how informative and important this science is. Um, also, I got some phone calls from uh, some of the pavement pounders. I had done a podcast a few weeks ago about admitting to eating food out of the garbage. And I asked you guys to call in. And believe it or not, some of you, God bless you, called in and told me, shared your uh, food garbage stories with me. So I don't feel like such the moron myself anymore. And then also, I'm going to get into a topic that irks me, where I find that movies are trying to make women and little girls these big, tough-ass heroines, these ball-busting, super strong, invincible heroines in in action movies now, and I'm not buying it. So I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to get all fired up. So put your helmet on, eat your snow cone, shine your shoes, because here we go. You are on. The one and only Harland Highway. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> what was it we had for dinner tonight? Well, we had a choice, steak, fish. Yes, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That is thought for some amount of things to say. Welcome to the Harland Highway. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Okay, let, let's infuse today's show with something smart right out of the gate. Let, let's, let's go scientific on your asses right out of the gate. Doesn't that sound fun? Um, let's, let's dip into a scientific study um, that I think, you know, will be of interest to each and every one of you listening. Um, so, as we know... Scientists have always enjoyed eureka moments, you know, the eureka, they they figure something out or they have a brainstorm. And uh, this was the words of a scientist named Michael Smith, when of all things, a bee, okay, you ready for this? A bee inadvertently flew up his shorts and stung him on the scrotum. Yes, a wayward honeybee. And that was the spur for the scientist to explore how pain affects humans. And he did this by forcing the bees to sting him, literally from head to toe over a span of five weeks. Oh, boy. So so a fluky accident, a rogue bee flying up his shorts. And again, guys, I encourage you to wear tighter shorts. You know, the big baggy ones where living things can get up inside to where the buffalo roam. Not a good idea. I mean, 
most shorts, even if they're baggy, have some meshing inside around the groin area so that things don't come dangling out. And maybe these bees are doing us a favor. They're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, he is not letting his nuts hang out. Oh, no, I'm putting an end to that. Maybe bees are the guardians of the shorts, and they make sure that men don't uh, drop their chestnuts. Um, so anyways, uh, this became a, a, a study where the scientist wanted to find out where it would hurt the most um, if he got stung. And uh, he said, if you're wearing shorts and doing bee work, a bee can get up there easily. Yeah. Um, I don't know anyone dumb enough to do bee work and wear shorts. Um, but uh, this scientist uh, speculated it would really hurt to get stung in the testicles. Two days later, by chance, I did get stung there. But I was really surprised that it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. So, in the name of science, this scientist put himself through the, bane par- the, the pain barrier. Um, you know, so a little hard to believe, but he said this. He said, on being stung in the genitals again, once he started the official test, of course. You know, the, the first bee sting on the nuts was free, I guess. He goes, the, the first one during the test, he recalled, it wasn't a pleasurable experience. Put it that way. It didn't worry me. I knew the swelling would go down. I mean, which you guys up there, out there, put your hand up. Love science to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm going to get a bee to sting me in the balls. And then tomorrow I'm going to grab a scorpion. And then maybe on day four I'll have a honey badger have a go at my nuts. The hell? So anyways, he did this study and he said, despite being stung in his most sensitive areas, he can confirm the worst place to be stung rather surprisingly. And are you ready for this, gang? It wasn't his bollies. Okay? It wasn't his bollies. Guess where it was? It was his nose. He explained, if you're stung in the nose and the penis, you're going to want more stings to the penis over the nose. You know, if you're forced to choose. There's definitely no crossing of wires of pleasure and pain down there. It's painful. Getting stung on the nose is a whole body experience. Your body really reacts. Your sneezing and wheezing and snot is just dribbling out. It's electric and pulsating. Okay, is this guy a scientist or is this guy the gimp from Pulp Fiction? I I picture this guy going into work in the morning and putting on the white robe and doing the science stuff. And at night he puts on a leather mask and spandex pants and climbs into a footlocker with his lover. Yikes. Um, and I don't know what, why, why would you want to do a test where snot's dribbling out of your face? So anyways, Michael Smith, the guy says he previously studied, studied beekeeping and, um, he took agitated bees and forceps and applied them to 25 different areas of his body. 
He then rating the, rated the resulting pain from 0 to 10. And he did not just do it once. The human guinea pig stung himself three times in each area. Come on, dude. At times, he needed to use a mirror and adopt some awkward poses to get some harder-to-reach areas. Uh, can you say bumhole? Although to a bee, that probably looks like the entrance to a, a beehive. He's, he's lucky they didn't go right up. This scientist says, I originally had the eye on the list. So apparently he wanted to sting his eye. But when I talked to my advisor, he was concerned I might go blind. The scientist says, I wanted to keep my eyes. Yeah, good choice. You know, because you want to be able to see when you're sticking a honeybee on your bag. Okay? I mean, you know, you don't want to miss putting a agitated honeybee on your nutsack. That's just, that'd be stupid. The findings' long-term usefulness may not be obvious, but the results published in the scientific journal are certainly unexpected and thought-provoking. It turns out the more delicate parts of the body do not react as badly to bee stings compared to areas where you might expect the skin to be thicker and less sensitive. Although his testicles were the fourth worst place to be stung, with a pain rating of 7.0, That was equally as painful as being stung in the palm and the cheek. The penis was only marginally more uncomfortable, was a 7.3 rating. His nostril, with a rating of 9.0, was the most painful, with the upper lip not far behind, with an 8.7. Good Lord. Maybe you might want to open your skull up and sting your brain. And maybe it will jumpstart your neurons to start clicking again, and you can realize what a dipshit you are. I mean, what's... Gee, I... Uh, Ed, can you release the bull moose? Uh, yeah, let, let him ram me into the barn wall. I just, no, no, I just want to test the pain. I mean, how much does it hurt to have a bull moose ram into me? Um, he said the least painful place to be stung by a bee with, with ratings 2.3 was the upper arm, the middle toe, and the head. He said getting stung on top of the skull was like having an egg smashed on your head. The pain is there but then goes away. Michael now believes the pain map he developed could be relevant to other types of hurt and injury. He said, with a healthy pinch of salt, I would say it's applicable to other types of pain. What's what's interesting is that just because you're sensitive to a place via touch doesn't mean you'll be sensitive to a place via pain. We do have a poor understanding of pain and how it is perceived. Well, no, I don't think we have a poor understanding. I think most human beings understand perfectly clear that if you put a bee on your body and it stings you, it hurts. And once again, especially on your hairy nut bag. But finally, he admitted, others may have very different sensitivities to him, Michael added. If someone else did this, they'd probably have different locations that they felt were the worst. Whether anyone, anyone is willing to volunteer is another matter. That's exactly right. This is a study that will be done by you and no one else ever again. 
I mean, good Lord, dude. You, why, why don't you just, like, uh, you, you ever see those nature shows where bears, bears get out in the woods and they just get their claws and start ripping open a tree and eating honey? Like, you should have at least tried that, dude, scientist dude. You know? At least you would have got a nice snack out of the deal. But just you picture a guy standing in a laboratory naked. And here's B number one. Pfft, yeah! Here's B number two. Pfft, I mean, good Lord. This guy stung himself all over the body. So uh, hope you're happy. Uh, I hope you figured something out. I think we've just all figured out that you are an effing moron. Here we are, children. Come and get your lollipops. Lollipops. Come along, my little ones. Lollipops. Ice cream. Hey, Harlan, this is Snow calling out from Seattle, Washington. Uh, a couple podcasts back, um, I was listening to you actually on the way back from uh, taking my finals over at the Art Institute of Seattle, and you brought us up an interesting question to the pavement pounders, pounders excuse me, which is, uh, have you ever dug through the trash for food? Uh, my answer real quickly is yes. As a matter of fact, I have. I do it on occasion when my folks actually happen to throw away donuts that they feel may be stale, when in fact they're still good. Um, you know, I'll take a donut that may look stale, put it in the microwave, maybe keep it up for anywhere between, you know, 15, 20, even 30 seconds, take it out. It's fresh to me anyways. It's warm. Still tastes good. You know, all it basically is is just a little ball of dough with some sugar on it. Fantastic. So, all right, buddy, keep it up. Chicken chow mein, baby. Wow, there you go. The snow has just landed, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the, the call, Snow. And I'll tell you what's so good about hearing this call because, <coughs> my God, I just got some snowflakes in my throat. Um, when I did the segment a few podcasts back, as you correctly stated, uh, I thought maybe I was the only Billy Goat out there that had picked g- a food out of the garbage and eaten it. And boy, oh boy, did I feel alone, scared, alienated, frightened, tired, and vulnerable. But God God bless Snow for blowing in over the horizon and sharing his donut story with us. Um, first of all, Snow, I'm mad at your parents, uh, Hurricane and typhoon for throwing donuts in the garbage you don't throw yet you're absolutely right you don't toss donuts in the garbage you eat them even when they're they're old donuts don't go old even when they're moldy just pretend it's icing who throws away a donut not me so good for you um plucking them out of the garbage those little round delights and and i gotta say snow you're a bit of a rebel i mean it sounds like you stuck the donuts from the the garbage donuts in the microwave and 
you must have a big pair, and I hope a bee doesn't sting them. But it sounds like you put them in the microwave for how long? You know, 15, 20, even 30 seconds. Whoa. Even 30 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Snow, who are you? Who, what, what frozen weather front did you come from, Snow? You, you pulled an old donut out of the garbage and you put it in the microwave. Tell our listeners again, for how long? You know, 15, 20 even 30 seconds. Dude, you better not be snow-blowing snow up my... Wow. Well, hey, first of all, I, I'm standing here saluting you. I have my... I, I literally have my my hand on my forehead. I'm saluting you, Snow, for, first of all, having the courage to eat out of the garbage can. And secondly... For the love of donuts, I'm saluting you. That is that is just all around a heartwarming, good story. So thank you for sharing, Snow. And uh, I, I wonder if any more of you have any of those garbage stories. Hi, Harlan. It's Jeremy from Los Angeles again. So I got one for you. When I was a kid, I used to go to this summer camp that was a fully functioning farm. And to reduce waste, what we would do is at the end of every meal, all the kids would uh, take all their leftovers and scrape it in this thing called a, a piggy bucket, and we'd collect all those and feed them to the pigs. So I had the great idea, and I was trying to impress the girl I liked. So I thought, man, wouldn't you think it's badass if I ate something out of the piggy bucket? So I did. So I reached in, and I tried. I thought it was just like a leftover cookie, uh, a chocolate chip cookie, and I, I reached in, I grabbed it, and it was covered in other juices and fluids, and I ate it, and it wasn't a chocolate chip cookie. It was a raisin cookie. And I didn't give a shit that I ate something out of the piggy bucket, but the fact that I ate a raisin out of the piggy bucket was probably the most disgusting thing I've ever done in my entire life. Note to self, don't eat raisins. Wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm confused here. So you, you didn't mind eating out of the piggy bucket, but to eat a raisin is unthinkable, despicable, and vomit-worthy, it sounds like. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I think I would probably eat a truckload of raisins before I started eating out of the piggy bucket. And uh, let me just set something else straight here, my friend, my, my mixed-up piggy bucket-eating friend. And Snow, if you're still listening, this is for you, too. Uh, there's a million ways to to impress a girl. You could you could uh, water ski. You could you could walk on the top of a fence. You could do a cartwheel. You could sing her a song, write her a poem. I don't know that there's that many girls that really go for the guy who eats dirty cookies covered in juices out of the piggy bucket. Man, wouldn't you think it's Badass if I ate something out of the piggy bucket? Jeremy, no. And no, okay? Women don't want to date guys that eat food out of the... <laughs> You're cracking me up, man. Out of the piggy bucket. Snow, are you listening to me? I mean, now I'm picturing Snow 
taking stuff out of the piggy bucket and putting it in the microwave. You know, 15, 20, even 30 seconds. No, Snow, no. No no piggy bucket for you. Okay, guys? Oh. Snow, promise me you're not going to... You're not going to put eat anything out of you're not gonna eat donuts out of the piggy bucket, Snow. Uh, my answer, real quickly, is yes. No, 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 Snow, Snow, no, Snow, no. Yes. No, Snow. Yes. Snow, no. Yes. No, Snow. Uh, my answer, real quickly, is yes. Jeremy, will you help me here? Will you tell him? How bad it was for you to eat out of the piggy bucket? I didn't give a shit that I ate something out of the piggy bucket. Okay, well, Jeremy and Snow, I, I, I've i tried to help, and obviously I can't. Okay, so I'm leaving it up to you guys, and I guess I'm part of your group. You and me and Jeremy and Snow and me and Jeremy and Snow and me. We're like the three stooges. We're like the three billy goats gruff. We've admitted to eating garbage food. <sighs> Maybe the three of us should just get in a truck and drive out to a garbage dump somewhere and graze. Make a meal of it. We'll wear lobster bibs and light candles and just crawl around on our knees and our hands, me and Jeremy and Snow, and we'll... We'll eat garbage like real piggy bucket people should. Right? Am I right, Snow? Uh, my answer real quickly is yes. Okay, thank you, Snow. And thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for your phone calls. Boy, I make new friends all the time here on the Harland Highway. And what interesting, we're, we're going to be like a dinner club, the three of us. And if any of you out there, any of you pavement pounders would like to join Jeremy and Snow and me at the garbage dump on our knees, on our hands and knees, eating tin cans and grapefruit rinds and banana peels and diapers, you are welcome. It's free to join. God. Now, if you want to phone in with any of your comments, go to harlowwilliams.com, and you will you will see on the homepage the phone number right there to call in. Thanks for your calls, guys. Thanks for sharing your stories. And, uh, Raj, let's, let's move on here. I'm getting a bit of an upset stomach. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. All right, I want to uh, pick a bone a little bit here. And I hope it doesn't come off as sexist, but it it might. But who cares? I got to get this off my chest. I went to see this movie called Divergent, okay? Um, And uh, it was one of these movies. It was kind of like a Hunger Games ripoff where it followed the story of like a 13-year-old farm girl who lived in the country and picked onions in in a burlap dress had no worldly experience, lived in a calm little farming community, and she was plucked out of obscurity and thrown into the world of high, violent, combative, highly trained, militia-type, special forces men. And we're talking grown-up men. We're talking grown boys. We're talking adolescent boys. Um... We're talking guys that were ripped and trained in martial arts and blah, blah, blah. And the story follows this, this 
little girl who gets thrown into the middle of this and starts to train to be a warrior like them. And after about uh, three sessions on a on a gym mat, suddenly she's uh, some kind of lethal walking weapon, and uh, it just it's, it just blows. I mean, I, I I if I wasn't with friends, I would have walked the hell out of this movie. I'm sorry, I just I can't take these movies where women, young girls, skinny little model type girls and women who are beautiful to look at and maybe talented actresses, but get thrown into this world of raw violence where men, whether you like it or not, ladies, if you're listening, are born uh, with superior strength to females. It's just nature. It's biology. So you can't call that sexist. That's just the way it is. Um. And uh, these highly trained lethal weapon men are getting, uh, you know, kicked around by, uh, (coughs) you know, a 12-year-old schoolgirl with freckles on her face who has about as much muscle tone as the Pillsbury Doughboy. And uh, it just drives me nuts. Now, that's not to say there aren't women out there that can kick ass. There are. There's women in the military. There's there's women in... uh, Professional fighting, boxing, martial arts. Of course they can do it. But if you're going to do a movie about that, then get me a woman that looks like she could kick some ass. Don't give me a kid that looks like she shows up at my door once a year selling Girl Guide cookies and expect me to believe that a 12-year-old freckle-faced girl that that weighs 78 pounds can kick the crap out of every guy in the, uh, in the uh, you know, friggin' uh, martial arts world. And so here I am suffering through this movie, watching this, this stupid kid uh, go through the motions, and I was just like, good Lord. And then on top of that, they tried to set her up as some kind of girl with all this uh, superior mental ability, like she's some kind of genius and clairvoyant and... That never paid off. And uh, I guess I'm just a little tired of it. It feels like Hollywood's really pushing the whole women as the hero thing. And I guess that's okay, but give it to me. Make make me believe it. Just don't just don't throw it down there. It's like, well, here's our story. It's a girl and she's gonna kick everyone's ass. You remember Ripley in, in the Alien movies? Like, now that was a fully developed heroine. That was a woman who had the means and the wherewithal and the the uh, the skill and the acting ability to... You felt like she was kicking ass. Remember uh, remember Terminator 2? When the, uh, the mother was doing uh, chin-ups in her jail cell and she was ripped and she was pumped and she was full of anger that there's a woman i believe could kick some ass even laura croft tomb raider you know it's like at least uh at least um angelina jolie looked ripped you know she looked like she maybe she could kick some ass but these are full-grown women these are women that <laughs> you know have experience and have some moxie don't give me a nine-year-old kid 
with freckles and they can barely walk and they're beating up full-grown men and doing roundhouse kicks and punching them and oh man it, don't waste your money on this movie it's just horrible i'm just waiting for the day when they remake dirty harry and it's some crazy 15 year old girl like Lindsay lohan go ahead make my day i didn't hear you punk what Ugh. so that's my beef i don't want to dwell on it i don't want to keep going on it but i'm I am peeved about that. What I want you to do is is go look at the trailer for Divergent, okay? Go go online. Go look at the trailer. I'm going to play you a little clip right now, and you can just hear by the kid's voice. 13 years old, 14, freckles, skinny. Looks like she couldn't punch her way out of a soggy bag of potatoes. And uh, just, I don't know. I don't blame the actress. I blame the producers and whoever wrote the damn movie. It's like, come on. You know, if you're going to create some kind of crazy chick hero, make her worthy of my time. Here it is. Listen to a sampling of the trailer. 100 years ago, after the war, Our founders created a system they believed would create lasting peace. They divided society into five factions. The only way you can survive is for each of you to claim your rightful place. Everyone is tested to determine who we are and where we belong. Say goodbye to your families. Are you nervous? No. because I haven't even had my first period yet. Ah, I mean, you can just hear it in her voice. Doesn't that sound like a kid? (sighs) Don't waste your time. Go watch the trailer and be your own judge. What do I know? But anyways, that's my two cents worth, and I'm going to hang this show up right there before I go divergent on somebody. I'm I'm, I'm this close to going and eating donuts out of my garbage can. Ugh. Anyways, uh, that's it. Let's let's stop right there. Thanks for, for being here, one and all. Um, tell your friends about the Harland Highway. Uh, please check out harlandwilliams.com, where you can write to me at harlandwilliams.com if you want to leave me an email, if you want to leave a phone message, as some of our wonderful listeners do. Snow and my other new buddy. Oh, Unbelievable. 
And uh, the phone number's right there on the homepage at harlemwilliams.com. Um, also, uh, check out the store while you're there, uh, the Harlem Williams Merchandise Store. You can buy some fun, goofy, wacky items, T-shirts, books, CDs, movies, artwork, all kinds of stuff, man. Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, check out uh, ATC.com, allthingscomedy.com, which is the <coughs> another network where you can find my show. And that is it, man. I'm going to leave it right there. I'd subscribe to my YouTube channel while you're at harlowwilliams.com. And uh, click on the Amazon link if you're going to be shopping on Amazon. That helps the uh, podcast out a little bit. And that's it. Thanks for being here, Pavement Pounders. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Chicken chow mein, baby.